Hi! Welcome to What's Your Top 5 with Janix. I'm Janix and I'm here for you every Monday. This is a podcast where I rank everything and anything rankable from 1 to 5 with added unprofessional and quirky commentaries. Topics ranging from movies to food to astrology to social norms and everything in between. So, before we start with today's episode, I'd like to thank a few people at tamang shoutout muna. <laughs> so, hello kay Daphne na office best friend ko for keeping me sane, lalo na ngayon na pandemic at work from home at during work hours. <laughs> I love you, miss you, miss you, miss ma'am. So, shoutout din kay Windel na office mate ko rin. Salamat sa pagkinig kahit wala kang Spotify at nakikinig ka sa ibang platform. <laughs> At sa pag-send ng memes para mapasaya at asarin yung buhay ko. <laughs> Lagi niyang pinapansin yung mga random burps ko habang nagre-record. Hindi ko sinasadya guys. I believe kasi in the saying na, always have a full stomach before mag-record. <laughs> Takot ako magutom. So ayun. Hello rin kay Shiftless Artist for all your feedback, suggestions, and random chika time sa Instagram. Sobrang na-appreciate ko yun. Thank you. And lastly, thank you sa'yo, oo yes, ikaw, sa pagkinig sa'kin. And I hope you enjoy listening to my podcast as much as I enjoy doing this. If you guys want na ma-shoutout or may gusto kayong ichika sa podcast about anything at all, don't hesitate to DM me via Instagram or Twitter at top5withjanix or send me an email at whatsyourtop5.with.janix at gmail.com Okay, so ayun. For today's topic, uh, I'll be discussing the top 5 haunted places in Manila. <laughs> so ayun, magtakotan tayo today. Disclaimer. In the case that there would be real-life stories consisting of emotional abuse, sex, gore, disgusting and disturbing terms, and others, listeners' discretion is advised. I also want to say that I'm not a professional in relation to the historical events to be discussed later on, lalo na in this episode, at medyo sensitive ang topic today, kaya general disclaimer na lang guys, <laughs> kasi may mga alleged killings and unproven theories na nakuha ako via internet research. I will mention na lang the sources where I got these details and stories. At if may masabi man ako mali, feel free to send me a tweet or DM so I may learn and correct myself. Personal growth and character development mga sis, we love that! <laughs> Ay, ito pala. I also want to add na if matawa or tumawa ako in between stories, Hindi ako tumatawa sa tragic incident na nangyari or sa victims kasi medyo awkward lang talaga ako at yung pagtawa ko ang aking defense mechanism. So ayun, I hope I won't offend anybody but if I do, please send me a DM or tweet kasi I really want to correct, I don't want to offend anybody at all. So, ito nga. I'll be discussing the history sa place, sa top 5 places, kung bakit siya na-consider na haunted. Tapos, sasabihin ko na rin sa inyo yung mga famous ghost stories affiliated with that certain place. Meron din ibang personal ghost stories na sa akin at meron din 
sent in by our listeners. So ano, tara, simulan na natin. Top 5, Star Mall Alabang. So, Star Mall Alabang was previously called Metropolis Star. Manuela Realty Development Corporation, established by Senator Manny Villiers' grandmother-in-law na si Doña Manuela Aguilar Rigera, built the mall in the 90s. So, medyo matagal na. Vigatintourism.com stated that Star Mall Alabang is located along South Superhighway Alabang, Muntinlupa City. Star Mall is believed to be haunted, especially that it was used to be a cemetery. <laughs> the mall stands on the former site of the Alabang Cemetery. Locals believe that during the development of the mall in the late 90s, the bodies of the dead were never removed from the site, and it's the reason why the place became haunted. Okay, so ako personally, I've never been to Star Mall Alabang kasi ang layo ng South. <laughs> North girl kasi ako at wala akong gaano friends sa South. At kung meron man, madalas sila yung nag adjust sa aming mga taga-North. Hindi ko sure kung bakit, pero most of the time, ganun talaga. So, eto hindi to personal, pero ito yung pinaka-sikat na ghost story sa Star Mall Alabang. Meron daw isang couple na bumili ng movie tickets para manood ng sine. Ang sabi, yung pinanood daw is parang romantic movie, parang romcom. So, malaki yung screen at maraming upuan. Pero, pagpasok nila sa theater, nahirapan sila maghanap ng seat kasi jam-packed daw. Luckily, nakahanap sila ng two seats na medyo nasa gitna. Nanonood na sila ng movie tapos super interactive daw nung mga kasama nila manood. Todo tawa sa mga nakakatawang parts, tapos parang sa kanila daw, normal lang yung feeling. Pero minsan daw, biglang tumataas yung balahibo ng kopol. Parang shrug off lang nila. Tapos ayun, ede, ayun nga, watch-watch sila ng movie. Tapos ba diba, pag nanonood ng movie, naka-off yung ilaw. At yung attention na lahat na nanonood is nasa screen. Nung after ng movie, biglang nag-on yung ilaw. Tapos tumingin yung couple sa harap, likod, sa kagilid nila. Laking gulat nila nung nakita nila na halos walang tao sa sinehan, parang sampulang ata sila. Sobrang bilang lang na tao yung nandun na nanonood. Pero, sure kasi sila no, nung pagpasok nila kanina, puno yung sinihan. Kasi nga, ba diba, nahirapan sila maghanap ng upuan. Tapos after noon, edo kinilabutan na sila, umalis sila agad. I think out of all the stories na sikat about Star Mall Alabang, yung movie theater, yung pinaka-creepy. Ako kasi, mahilig ako manood ng movie, even nung pre-pandemic, kahit mag-isa ako, parang yun yung pahinga ko, ganun. Um, so, thankful ako na malayo ako sa Star Mall, alabang. <laughs> Kung di ba ka nahimatay ako sa takot, ganun. <laughs> Tapos, mayroon pang ibang stories. Ito, nakita ko to sa isang forum sa internet. Not sure if legit, pero creepy nonetheless. So, meron daw... <clears throat> Yung nagpost nito sa isang forum, meron daw siyang friend na dating security guard sa Star Mall Alabang. Tapos, at around 7pm, may pumasok daw na sampung lalaki na nakabarong. 
<coughs> excuse me. Medyo natawa pa nga raw yung guard kasi parang a-attend daw ng kasal yung mga lalaking nakabarong. Tapos, until closing kasi ni Kuyang guard yung shift niya. Tapos nagtaka siya dahil around 10pm na magkuklose na yung mall, hindi raw lumabas yung sampung lalaki na nakabarong. Bigla na lang daw naglaho. Mm. Naging hotspot din talaga tong mall na to ng mga modern ghost hunters dahil sa iba't ibang kwento na kababalaghan sa lugar na to. Merong iba mga nakakita ng tao, kunwari, nagmumol ka, tapos may may kita kang tao. Tapos sure kang tao yun. Tapos bigla daw mag-disappear sa harap mo, randomly. Tapos may, meron din daw mga pickpocket na mga multo. So, may mga items daw sa shops na biglang nawawala. Tapos, sinasabi rin ng mga shop owners na nakakarinig sila ng mga eerie and strange noises. Tapos, nakakita sila ng mga bagay na gumagalaw daw mag-isa. Scary shit. So, <laughs> Top 4. Ozone Disco. So, Ang Ozone Disco, um, it was a popular spot in Quezon City for students and young professionals in the mid-90s. It was located near the 11th World Scout Jamboree Memorial Rotonda along Timog Avenue. So yung pabilog dun sa may Timog, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. So kaya to naging haunted place, sana sabi nila. Um, meron daw fire incident dun that killed around 162 people on record. Uh, na- nakuha ko yung details na to sa Wikipedia. Okay, so, March 18, 1996. The fire broke out just before midnight. At the time of the fire, it was estimated that there were there was around 350 patrons and 40 club employees inside Ozone Disco. Pero kasi, ang approved occupancy lang dun sa disco is 35 people. So, sobra-sobra na. Kasi 350 plus 40, so 390. Tapos yung pwede lang pala, 35 na tao. So, ayun nga, going back, most of the club guests were high school and college students attending graduation or parang end of the year school, ganyan, celebration. Side note, yung tito ko kasi, uh, noong time na yun, pupunta dapat siya sa Ozone Disco. Like, on that said date. Kasi graduating siya nun from, graduating, oh, graduating siya nun from med school. Tapos, mga kabatch niya yun nandun. Yung majority. Kaso, pagdating niya dun, hindi na siya nakapasok kasi sabi nung bouncer o nung guard, puno na raw. So, lumipat na lang siya ng ibang bar. Ganyan. Going back, um, survivors reported seeing sparks flying inside the disc jockey's booth. So, sa so may DJ booth, may nagsispark daw na parang electric something. Tapos, um, shortly before midnight, nasundan ng smoke. Tapos, akala nila, part yun ng parang disco. Alam mo, parang effect, special effect. Tapos, Another survivor added that after about 15 seconds of smoke, the electrical systems of the disco shut down. Flames quickly became visible. Many of the bodies were discovered along the corridor leading to the only exit. Yes, you heard that right. Isa lang yung exit. Isa lang yung pintu palabas. Wala silang um, escape route na pang fire exit, ganyan. 
So yung mga katawan daw, nung pagpasok ng mga tao to see the incident after it happened, piled up waist high. So can you just imagine kung ilang katawan ang nagpatong-patong para maging ka-level ng isang taong nakatayo na nasa bewang niya na. So, Quezon City officials were quoted as saying that the club's emergency exit was blocked by a new building next door and that there was no proper fire exit installed. It was also reported that the exit had been locked from the outside by the club's security guards who had thought that a riot had taken place. The final death count was reported to be 162 and at least 95 were injured. The structure which housed the Ozone Disco remained standing in Timog Avenue, Quezon City, but was not commercially used for over 20 years after the incident. For a few years after the incident, there was a makeshift memorial on the site featuring photographs of the victims. Tapos, this has since been dismantled and no marker or official memorial commemorates the incident or its victims. Okay, so, ang alam ko kasi dito sa kwentong to, based sa mga kwento galing sa dad ko, kasi parang panahon nila yun nung nangyari yun. Tapos, ang nangyari daw kasi dyan, yun nga, meron daw technical issues sa DJ booth na nag ng electric fire. Tapos, walang communication between sa guard, sa gate, at sa DJ. Siguro, parang meron daw atang walkie-talkie, pero parang hindi daw nag-work sa ganun. Tapos, nagkagulo. Tapos, biglang nag-smoke na. Yung mga nagpa-party, yun nga, akala nila, special effects, so mas nag-rave pa sila. Hindi nila alam na susunog na pala dun sa may DJ booth. Tapos, nung nagka-apoy na, parang, ayun na nga, nag-riot na. Takbo lahat pa exit dun sa may main gate ko asan yung guard. Kaso at that time, sinara na nung guard yung pinto kasi nga akala niya nagrarayot. So ayun yung madami yung mga tao sa labas, parang ganun. Tapos yung mga tao, patulak nilang binubuksan yung pinto. Pero para mabuksan yung pinto ng ozone disco, pahila from the inside. So, hindi na nila mapul nung nalaman nilang hindi gumagana palabas. Parang super init na ng handle kasi nga sa fire. Tapos ang dami na ring tao na nagtitipon-tipon sa pinto na hindi mo na mahila pabukas from the inside. Tapos parang ngayon, natrap sila sa loob na may fire. And it's so tragic kasi sobrang daming buhay ang nasayang dahil sa miscommunication. Pero nobody wanted that to happen naman. Sobrang tragic lang talaga. So, in March 2015, a week before the 19th anniversary of the tragedy, the Ozone Disco building was finally demolished. Relatives of the victims still visit the site. So, as of October 2016, the former location of the Ozone Disco Club now has a new structure and is currently occupied by a branch of, known, of a known food chain, Guda yung 25 hours na <laughs> nalugawan co-owned by the television host Boyabunda so story time yung Guda favorite yun ng dad ko tapos medyo malapit kasi kami nakatira sa Timog tapos basta favorite nyo dun yung Bulalugaw you guys should try it out so yun, share ko lang so one time, sinundun niya ako from work kasi nag-overtime ako till 
basta super late na. Tapos, on the way home, kumain kami sa Guda, Timog. Hindi ko alam yun nangyari doon at the time. Like, wala akong idea na dati pala siyang ozone disco. Alam ko lang Guda siya, tapos bago siya. Yun lang. Tapos, uh, nagpark kami. Tapos, yung parking niya is sa likod ng store. So, ito yung store, tapos sa gilid, may entrance ng kotse, papasok, tapos may malaking parking lot. Tapos, uh, pagbaba namin ng car, pagka-park, pagbaba ng car, ang heavy nung pakiramdam ko. Parang, feeling ko ang daming nakatingin sa akin. Tapos, parang may nahikita rin ako sa peripheral ko na may dumadaan. Pero feel ko, guni-guni ko lang, kasi baka pagod lang yung mata ko from work, tapos, yun nga, nag-overtime pa ako. So, yun, uh, pumasok na kami, order ng food, tapos kumain kami. Okay naman. Wala na akong ganong naramdaman nung nasa loob na kami nung place, tas maliwanag na. Yun, dad ko, binibilisan niya kumain. Pero hindi naman siya talagang mabilis kumain. Madalas nga matagal siyang kumain kasi sinisavor niya yung plaza, ganyan. So, nagtaka ako na ang bilis niyang kumain. Iniisip ko na lang na parang, Antok na siya, kasi medyo late na rin, parang 11 something. Ayun, kasi parang 10.30 ako nag-out. 10.30 ako nag-out from work, from overtime. Tapos galing kaming BGC, tapos sinundo niya ako doon, pauwi, daan ng guda. So yun, akala ko inaantok lang siya, gusto niya nang umuwi, pero dumaan muna for food. Tapos... Sinabayan ko na lang siyang kumain ng mabilis, para... O sige, kung inaantok ka na dad... kain na ako mabilis, tas let's go. Um, tapos, diretso kaming kotse after kumain. Sa parking, dun, bumigat uli. As in, ang bigat nung naramdaman ko. Parang mas mabigat pa nung unang apa ko sa parking lot. Tapos, hindi ako nagsalita. Wala akong sinabi kasi feeling ko like, nag-overthink lang ako or what. Or siguro kasi madilim dun sa parking lot kaya I'm overthinking things, ganyan. Tapos pag uwi namin, tsaka ko lang kinausap si daddy. Sabi ko, dad, naramdaman mo ba? Parang mabigat dun sa kinainan natin. Tapos sabi niya, oo anak, kaya nga binilisan ko rin kumain. Tapos nagulat ako, syempre, kasi, wow, hindi, hindi inaamin ang tatay ko yung mga ganong bagay. Tapos, yun, kunento na niya sa akin yung nangyari sa place na yun. Yung ozone, yung nangyari nga sa ozone way back 1996. Habang kinukwento niya, kinikilabutan talaga ako. Top 3. UST. So, UST, also known as University of Santo Tomas. It was founded noon 1611. Asa may Espanya, Manila siya. Okay. Spot.ph stated that thousands of people died in the university. History professor Jose Victor Torres told Varsitarian dot, dot nabubulol ako Varsitarian.net na the university was an internment camp in the 1940s. Some prisoners died of hunger, some committed suicide while others were murdered. Okay, so unang story ko for UST is a personal story kasi I studied sa UST nung high school hanggang third year college. Okay, so, one time, nagka-training kami ng gabi sa may quadri. Ay, nag, ano kasi ako dati, nagsasayaw ako nung college. I mean, nung kaya ko pag gumala. 
Diyos ko, laki ko na. So, yun. One time, nagka-training kami ng gabi sa quadri. Yung quadri, sa mga hindi familiar, isa siyang open area kung saan madalas doon nagsasayaw at nagpa-practice yung mga dance troupe. So, kanya-kanyang pwesto, tapos dala kayo ng speakers, sasayaw-sayaw lang kayo doon practice for competition or yung mga intermission number. At the time, medyo magla-lights off na noon. Excuse me, sabi yung burp ako ng burp. So, sorry. So, lights off sa UST is around 10pm. As in total darkness yun, ipapatay nila lahat. Nakakatakot. Hindi na ako magpapatagal uli doon. So, anyways, tutuloy ko na. Tapos, sabi ko sa isang ka-dance troupe ko, magpalit kami ng damit kasi pawis na kami from training. Tapos, sabi niya, sige, let's go. Dapat sa main building kami magpapalit. Kaso, ayaw na kami papasukin ng guard kasi nga, magla-lights off na. So, dumiretso kami sa Tanyan Key Building. Medyo takot kasi ako mag-CR talaga. Lalo na't gabi, tapos dahil sa mga kwento, pero mas takot ako sa nanay ko. <laughs> Na mas malala magalit lalo na pag super late ako makakauwi kaysa sa multo at the time I was wrong so <laughs> eto pumunta kami CR sa may Tyke sa may Tanyan Key ako diretso na ako sa first cubicle kasi medyo nag-aaning na yung nanay ko na parang asan ka na ganyan ganyan so palit ako ng pang school uniform hindi ng pantaas lang kasi takas lang ako sa parents ko mag-training ng sayaw. Kasi ayaw nila yun before. Kasi mas gusto nilang focus sa aral kaysa mag-sayaw, mga ganyan. Ano naman yun, mga teenager stuff. So, ang paalam ko lang talaga sa magulang ko is mag-aaral ako sa library till 10. Pero yung totoo, nagsasayaw ako. So, ayun. Sorry ma, hello sa'yo ulit. Shout out. <laughs> Hindi na po ma-uulit. So, <laughs> Tapos, nung nasa cubicle na ako, nagbibihis na ako, yung uniform ko kasi noon, um, blouse, tapos skirt. Tapos, syempre, edi aalisin ko rin yung pang-training clothes ko. So, medyo matagal. Tapos, nagbibihis na ako sa cubicle, tapos may narinig akong footsteps sa labas. Akala ko, tapos na magbihis yung kasama ko. Bilang takot nga ako, mag-isa sa CR, sumigaw ako. Sabi ko, girl, wait mo na ako matapos. Patapos na ako. Tapos nagmadali na ako magpalit. Tapos sabi ng kasama ko, nagbibihis pa ako dito sa tabing cubicle mo. Tapos ako nagtaka kasi sure ako na yung footsteps na narinig ko asa labas, sa labas galing. Ede, sumilip ako dun sa may parang gilid ng cubicle door. Yung manipis na pwede kang sumilip sa labas. May babae dun sa may hand dryer area sa tabi ng sink. Tapos, tinitignan ko lang siya kasi nagtataka ako bakit, bakit siya nandun lang. Wala naman kaming ibang kasama sa... Si Arvid, tumatas malahibo ko ngayon. <laughs> Tapos, natakot ako. <laughs> Tapos, uh, tinitignan ko lang siya. As in, tinititigan ko lang siya. Ewan ko kung bakit ang tapang ko that time. Pero, parang, mas lumamang yung curiosity ko kung andun siya o kesa sa takot ko. Tapos, habang tinititigan ko siya, bigla siyang lumingon sa akin. Hindi ko makita yung mukha niya, pero nanlamig ako mga Mars tumaas yung balahibo ko tapos sumigaw ako as in yung Chris Aquino sigaw ganun tumakbo na ako palabas tapos yung kaibigan ko dahil nga siguro natakot din siya sa sigaw ko tumakbo na rin tapos sabay na kami patakbo palabas afternoon namumutla ako hindi ko talaga alam hindi ko alam yung nakita ko hindi ko 
hindi ko ma-explain yung itsure pero parang nanaig yung kaba ko. Tapos, tinanawaw ng friend ko, ano nangyari? Bakit? Tapos hindi ako makapagsalita. E de, sakay na ako ng jeep pa uwi. Nakatulala lang ako kasi parang takot na takot ako. Tapos after noon, uh, every time after training, hindi na ako sa CR nagbibihes. Sa quadri na lang din. <laughs> Kung baga, naka-shorts ako, ba? Diba? Tapos ipapatong ko yung skirt ko, tapos tsaka ako ibababa yung shorts. Sariling sikap na ayoko na mag-CR talaga sa gabi. Na sa US nakatakot. So, another kwento. Sa friend ko naman to, na-chika niya lang sa akin. Um, may notorious cubicle daw sa isang girl CR sa main building. Ako kasi, never ako nagkaroon ng class sa main building kasi ang major ko accountancy. So, doon ako sa may taas ng car park. So, ang sabi-sabi nila, pag nag-CR ka daw dun sa cubicle nga sa main building, may mararamdaman kang parang kumakalabit ng ulo mo galing sa taas. So, ang weird. Kasi parang, talagang yung sa anit mo, biglang may mararamdaman kang gumaganon-ganon sa ano mo, sa ulo mo. Tapos, sa cubicle daw na yun, dun daw, may nag-suicide na babae. Hindi ko sure kung totoo, pero kasi, hindi na talaga kasi ako nag-CR <laughs> sa, sa USD after, no? sa lapas ako nag-CR. Tapos yun, nung kwento niya yun, mas lalo akong hindi nag-CR. As in, kanari, gusto kong mag-CR habang nasa school ako. Pupunta ako sa Jollibee sa Dapitan, doon ako mag-CR. Kasi nga, nakakatroma, <laughs> Mars. <laughs> so yun, itong next story, uh, medyo sikat tong story ang to eh. Um, sa USD Hospital. Ito, kwento-kwento lang talaga. So, hindi ako sure kung totoo or hindi. Um, it was 11pm and a nurse intern was sharing the elevator with just one other person. Just as the doors were about to close, nakita niya tong isang lalaki na patakbo papunta sa elevator. Yung nurse intern, nagmadaling isara agad yung elevator door para daw hindi makapasok yung lalaki. E di syempre, nagtaka yung kasama niya sa elevator, tinanong kung bakit hindi niya pinapasok yung lalaking tumatakbo papunta sa kanila. Sabi nung nurse, may suot kasing red tag yung lalaki na patakbo sa atin. Yung may red tag, mga corpses lang sa morgue section yung may suot ng ganun. Tapos, yung kasama niya sa elevator, tinaas yung arm niya, tapos sinabi, parang ganito. Sabay pinakita yung red tag niya. I don't know if that's true, but that's creepy as fuck. So, <laughs> just ko sa'yo, nakakatakot. Basta yun. Maraming kwento sa USD. Kasi, sa sobrang tagal din naman na, kasi ng institution na yun, isipin mo, 1611 pa yun. Anong taon na? 2021 na. Tapos, naging kampa nga ng mga panahon na puro gera. So, marami talaga doon. Top 2. Intramuros. Intramuros is a very old city with a rich culture, especially yung mga Fort Santiago, Manila Cathedral, pati yung ibang mga university doon, tsaka colleges, ganyan. Intramuros was founded last 1571, so that was exactly 450 years ago. Spot.ph stated that during World War II, hundreds of civilians and soldiers were tortured or killed in Fort Santiago, Intramuros. 
thousands more died and the city turned to ashes when the Americans fought the Japanese in 1945. Soldiers' ghosts are said to patrol at night. Apart from the actual guards dressed in the old-fashioned soldier uniforms. Kasi diba iba yung uniform ng mga nasa intramuros? Parang color blue ata. So iba pa yung itsura ng mga soldier ghosts. Tapos, screams of the tortured and persecuted are said to echo throughout the walled city as well, as soon as night falls. Excuse me. BeWorldOnline.com stated that there would be several reasons for ghosts to thrive in Intramuros because it bears the scars of historical trauma. Opak, ang ganda nung scars of historical trauma. So, natuwa ako dun. So, there's Old Fort Bonif... For, eh, sorry. There's Old Fort Santiago which held many prisoners including Jose Rizal in its long history. Deaths among them would be expected. So, ayun. Another fact would be that Intramuros had been one of the most damaged sites during the Battle of Manila in 1945. When Japanese and American forces each tried to wrest control of the city, hundreds of thousands of civilians were caught in the crossfire. Intramuros and most parts of Manila were pulverized. So, last October 30, 2020, before mag-Halloween, a guided tour group and content creators from Wonder Manila held an immersive online tour called One Night in Intramuros. that uh, stream na stream yon sa Facebook. So si Benjamin Canapi, siya yung head tour guide of Wonder Manila. Sabi ni Mr. Canapi, to be perfectly frank, Intramuros is not overly haunted. But yes, there are a lot of areas in Intramuros that have massive negative energy. If the Battle of Manila did not happen, we would be dealing with simple run-of-the-mill ghost sightings we usually get from typical old structures. However, Intramuros suffered massive trauma due to the Battle of Manila. Intramuros was one of the worst hit areas of Manila. Absolutely no building inside Intramuros survived the bombing and shelling except for the San Agustin Church. Thousands of people died within the walls, either through the indiscriminate carpet bombing of the Americans or through any number of inexplicable massacres that the Japanese forces committed on innocent Filipino citizens. It's not that nobody else died outside Intramuros, it's that there was so much death and destruction in such a compact, concentrated area. Some of the problematic zones in Intramuros coincide with massacre sites, so it all add ups, said Mr. Kanapi. Here are some stories from our listeners na first-hand kwento. Okay, so from Val. Hi Val! <laughs> Ito yung story niya. Asa Manila Cathedral kami ng anak at asawa ko kasi may kasal kaming pinuntahan. Abay ako at ang anak ko sa kasal. Tapos, dahil bata pa anak ko at nakaawra ako, hindi ko masyadong binabawalan yung anak ko mangulit kasi ayaw kong ma-stress. So, chika ako sa classmates, friends, at kamag-anak ng bride na kababata ko rin. Tapos, biglang nawawala ang anak ko. 
So hinanap ko ang husband ko, tapos nung nakita ko siya, hindi niya kasama yung anak namin. Doon na ako nagpanik, kasi supposedly ako ang bantay sa anak namin. Umikot ako sa labas sa may parking, wala siya doon. Tapos nakita ko may part doon sa gilid na malapit sa may altar kung saan naglalaro ang mga flower girl at ring bearer. Naghahabulan sila. Pumunta ako doon at nagdadasal na siya, sana andun siya na nakikipaglaro lang siya doon. Luckily, andun nga siya. Sabi ko sa kanya, tara na anak. Tapos sabi niya, Nay, help mo yung baby. Nagka-cry siya eh. Eh wala naman ako naririnig. So sabi ko sa anak ko, nawawala ba siya? Tapos sabi ng anak ko, hungry siya nay. Sabi ko, where? Kasi akala ko kagaya niya yung baby na naglalaro with the other kids tapos hinahanap na rin pala ng parents. Tapos, biglang may tinuro yung anak ko. Walang baby dun. May nakikita raw yung anak ko na baby dun na umiiyak. My God, nataranta na ako. Sabi ng friend ko, yung anak niya dun din pumunta sa same spot kung saan tinuro ng anak ko. Kasi nga raw, may baby daw dun na umiiyak at gutom na. Ayun, buti na lang nag-start na yung kasal kasi wala na akong time matakot. <laughs> So, thank you Val for sharing your story. Just ko, kinilabutan ako habang binabasa yun. Gusto ko pa naman sanang ikasal sa Manila Cathedral. Pero, <laughs> parang natatakot na ako. Hindi, charot lang. So, here's another kwento pala. Ito naman from IC. So, nag-aaral siya sa isang college sa Intramuros. Ito yung kwento niya. Dumating ako sa school around 6am. And ako, ugali ko is I go straight sa room, turn on the aircon, turn off the lights, and mag-sleep muna since class namin is 7.30am pa naman. Yung room namin is parang auditorium type. After a few minutes, may gumagalaw ng doorknob na parang pinipilit buksan pero hindi mabuksan. Iniisip ko baka classmate ko lang so hindi ko nalang pinansin. Tapos, ayun, nag-cellphone na lang muna ako. After 3 minutes, ganun ulit. So ako, sumigaw na ako. Sabi ko, tang ina Roma, ang lakas ng trip mo gago. Then, nawala yung naglalaro ng doorknob. After 5 minutes, dumating yung classmate ko. Siya si Roma. Then, minura ko siya. Pagpasok niya, tas nagtataka siya kung bakit ko siya minumura. Tapos, kunento ko sa kanya yung nangyari. And then, sabi niya, hindi raw siya yun. Pero, sabi niya, may napansin nga raw siyang pare na dumaan bago siya dumating. Pero it's odd kasi wala namang pare na dumadaan sa area na yun. Thank you, IC, for sharing your story. Lesson learned, huwag papasok na maaga. <laughs> Joke lang. Grabe kung ako yun, baka tumakbo na ako pa uwi, tapos di na ako pumasok. Nag- lumipat na ako school, gano'n. <laughs> Joke lang. Um, the thing with Intramuros is, uh, ito personal opinion ko lang to ah. Maraming beses na ako nakapuntang intramuros, pero never ako nakakita ng multo. Pero the whole time na pag andun ako, lalo na pag papasok ako sa mga notorious buildings na kahit hindi ko alam na haunted, or like kilala na haunted, laging mabigat ang feeling. Parang sobrang negative talaga. Top 1. Manila Film Center Manila Film Center is located in Manila, near the Cultural Center of the Philippines. 
It was supposed to be the centerpiece of the Manila International Film Festival. This is the Asian equivalent of the Cannes Film Festival in France. EsquireMag.ph said that it started with a dream, and that dream was to make Manila the cultural center of the East, a city that would compete with France and its Cannes Film Festival. So, medyo mahaba to guys, so bear with me. I'll try to... I'll try to talk as clearly as possible. <laughs> in 1981, First Lady Imelda Marcos wanted her ambition realized. And at that time, whatever she wanted, she got. The Folk Arts Theater, designed by national artist for architecture Leandro Loxin, was completed in a record of 77 days only. Manila International Film Festival's Peace de Resistance. <laughs> Tama po pag sabi ko. Peace de, Res- de Resistance. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Was going to be the film center. Designed by Froyland Hong and conceptualized by Ramon M. Ignacio, the former senior technology officer at the, te- at the Technical Resource Center. The inspiration for the building was the Parthenon in Athens a temple to honor the goddess Athena. With three months to go before the scheduled January event and a budget of $25 million supposedly allocated for a new wing of the PGH, it was, predict- it was predictably a disaster waiting to happen. Nevertheless, around 4,000 laborers were hired and they rotated among three shifts across 24 hours. So, Manila International Film Festival's Peace de Resistance was going to be the film center. The film, cen- film center ng Asia. Ng, basta dapat tayo yung go-to place. Yun yung goal. So, um, medyo heavy yun nangyari dito. So, if you guys don't want to listen to this, you can just skip ahead. Pero for those na willing makinig, listen up. <laughs> so ito. Um, on November 17, 1981, at around 3 a.m., scaffolding on the fourth floor collapsed and workers were trapped in the quick-drying cement. Cement. Bastos ang burger. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The quick-drying cement. <laughs> The problem started when quick-drying cement was poured on each floor without waiting for the layers to dry. Due to the rush and the endless hours of working, too much was poured resulting in the disaster. So can you guys just imagine na dahil lang hindi makapag-antay, ang daming... Ay, basta ito. Tutuloy ko na. Nena Benigno, the former public relations officer for the Experimental Cinema of the Philippines and the Manila International Film Festival, saw the immediate aftermath of the accident. Benigno was also the daughter of former press secretary and columnist Teddy Benigno, who was then working for the agent's France Press. Teddy wanted to write a story about it and he told Nena that she should rush to the site. From a distance, I could see people in stretchers being carried out, frozen in cement. When I got there, they were still digging out people. 
the cement was not completely hard and there was a guy that they were trying to keep from going into shock, she said in an interview. Half of his body was buried. He was alive, but half buried. I don't know what it was, but to keep him awake, alert, not to go into a coma or shock, they kept, they kept him singing Christmas songs. I was watching this, she added. For fear that the accident would cause a scandal, there was a media blackout. Responders were only allowed access to the site nine hours after the incident. By that time, at least 168 workers already died or were buried in the cement, which already hardened. Siyempre, nine hours na yun, grabe talaga. So, jackhammers were employed hours later. There was a gruesome view of bodies sticking out of the pavement. The exposed parts had to be tapered, 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 ay sorry, nabu- paano ba yan? Tapered off and built over. The rule was they had to meet the deadline, no matter what happened. It was Betty Benitez, wife of Assistant Minister Jose Conrado Benitez, who apparently gave this order to and continue construction as if nothing had happened. The hauntings and strange happenings began that exact and same day. According to rumors, a fortune teller allegedly told first daughter, Amy Marcos, that she would die if she stepped foot in the building. Whether or not this was true, no effort was spared to cleanse the place. There were exorcism rites, pagan rites, Catholic rites, and Chinese rites. Officers were given anting-antings or amulets to ward off evil spirits. On the morning of the opening, January 18, as early as 5 a.m., several igorots performed another ritual, telling any lingering spirit that they must cross over to the afterlife. Excuse me. Pigs and chickens were killed for sacrifice, and those attending the ritual, including the anxious Aimee Marcos, needed to consume them. Despite all these efforts, those preparing for the festival had their share of strange experiences. The usherettes who came from uh, exclusive girls' schools started smelling something odd backstage. Almost all of them felt something cold blowing on their skin. Their skin tingled at a strange presence. According to other stories, the deceased workers showed themselves to their colleagues or even to the guests. A few months later, Benitez died in a freak car accident. Many alleged that it was the victims taking revenge. A medium who was sent to Manila Film Center supposedly claimed that the spirits said, Betty is with us. Nikilabutan <sighs> ako. When the date of the festival finally arrived, the accident seemed forgotten. The cement was allegedly not completely dry. It didn't matter. International press raved about the event. Unknown to the visitors, the wet cement was staining the hems of their clothes and the bottoms of their shoes. They were also stepping on the remains of hundreds of Filipino workers who were entombed in a cursed building. Ako, I've never entered the Manila Film Center kasi 
yung parents ko very aware sa nangyari at ayaw nila na matakot kami. But I heard numerous stories from friends, family, colleagues about the horrors in this building. The building continues to be a source of inspiration for horror writers and a go-to destination for ghost hunters. For some, it was a reminder of a glorious time when Filipino films took center stage, but for others, it is a symbol of the Marcos dictatorship. But as it stands, the ghosts of Manila Film Center continue to live. So, I'd like to thank pala yung pinagkuwanan ko ng source nito from esquaremag.ph Binasa ko lang actually. <laughs> Kasi ang ganda ng pagkasulat nila. So, yun. Let's have a recap. Top 5 is Star Mall Alabang. Top 4 is Ozone Disco. Top 3 is UST. Top 2 is Intramuros. Top 1 is Manila Film Center. Key takeaways. So, ako... I believe in ghosts and the paranormal in general and I believe that we should respect them and pray for them, for their souls. Kasi, um, we should all pray for them. Kasi parang, they have to cross over to the afterlife. Ito ah, personal opinion ko lang to. So, I hope you guys, even if non-believer ka man, I hope kahit papano na-enjoy niyo yung episode na to and may mga nalaman kayong some interesting stories, topics, and the beauty of Manila, kahit na ganun. <laughs> so, I hope kahit, yun nga, kahit pa paano na-enjoy niyo yung episode na to. The beauty of Manila despite the added layer of history, horror, and culture. So, that's what makes Manila distinct, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Para sa akin, ganun yung feeling ko about that. So, yun. I'd like to thank everyone who listened and who are continuously listening to my podcast. I wish you all nothing but happiness and datung. You can tweet your suggestions or yung gusto nyong ichika ko for next episode's topic on Twitter and Instagram. Pag sa Twitter, you can tag at top5withjanix with the hashtag top5withjanix. Tapos sabihin nyo lang yung gusto nyo pag-usapan ko. Do you want me to talk about relationship rules? Do you guys want me to talk about more about the top 5 Netflix movies? Anything at all. Just tweet or DM me via Instagram or Twitter or kahit via email at whatsyourtop5.with.janix at gmail.com if you want to remain anonymous. Also, Don't forget to follow for updates and to participate in the future episodes. I'll see you guys next Monday. See ya!